So I've been talking to quite a few people, friends, acquaintances, co-workers, uh, people with children who are concerned in some cases, others excited, but concerned about this idea of going back to school on June 1st, not quite knowing what it's going to look like, uh, concerned about kids being able to socially or physically distance, so whether or not there are going to be cleaning protocols. How do you even bring in a cleaning protocol in a school? That's just one part of the anxiety. This whole return to normal is causing higher stress levels, you could say, for a lot of people. So how do we manage that? Michelle Cambolis is a registered child and family therapist, also a parent educator and a registered clinical counsellor dedicated to raising awareness about mental health issues. And Michelle joins me on the line now. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Jill. That w- it's a lot to, to kind of take in and to kind of figure out, even to prioritize how we address this. What do you tell people who are feeling heightened levels of anxiety and stress? Well, first of all, I really want to normalize it. I mean, we're, we're all facing this um, inordinate pressure um, because we're now moving into another phase of uncertainty. Um, we don't know what this is really going to look like. There, there are all kinds of um, complex decisions that need to be made. And, and with that uncertainty comes a mounting um, of stress and anxiety. So I think normalizing that is really important um, at the get-go. Um, and then, um, you know, just arming um, people with tools to be able to um, manage their stress levels. And, and this is really a time to double down on, health, on care practices, self-care practices, and, and all of the, um, the, the um, day-to-day um, habits that can really support us through this time. And what, what are some of those? Well, it's important to go back to the basics. So um, getting outside to make sure that we're getting fresh air and exercise is really key. Paying attention to our nutrition and also keeping a really close eye on sleep. I mean, when we're facing high levels of anxiety and stress, sleep is the first thing to go. And yet it's so important. Um, I think it's also really important that um, people are keeping a close eye on those mental health red flags because sometimes um, an imbalance in our mental health can can creep up and show up in all kinds of ways that we wouldn't normally recognize. So, you know, look for uh, irritability and loss of appetite, low motivation and feelings of hopelessness um, alongside um, changes in your mood. Um, sleep disruption and and those kinds of um, uh, symptoms. And it's interesting when you say, too, that fresh air and exercise, and we've been told all along that those are very important, but unfortunately, given the situation we're in, for a lot of people, that actually causes more stress when you're outside if maybe you find yourself too close to strangers or somebody runs by you too close. Well, that's the thing. You know, so here are... um, Things that are so critical to our mental health, like having human contact and being outside in nature, are suddenly now deemed as a threat and can be a threat. So we, you know, we're really learning how to engage in those necessary practices in in ways that are going to be um, uh, healthy and um, and still abide by the guidelines. So um, now that we're entering into phase two, I think people are are really trying to figure out. Um, uh, you know, these new ways of being and living that are going to, you know, hopefully help return us to better mental health while staying um, safe. 
What do you say to parents? And there does seem to be a huge split, even with parents that I've talked to, some saying, yeah, they because they had to fill out a survey for the schools uh, in BC and, and say whether or not they were going to be sending their children back to, into the classrooms on June 1st. I've talked to some who have filled it out saying yes, others saying no, it's too much stress, we're not going to do it. What do you say to parents that are dealing with that? Well, I mean, I think it's really important that every family makes the decision that's right for them and, and different families have different situations. Some parents really need to be working and, and so um, having their children in, in school becomes more important. And, you know, when I talk with parents, I think the one piece that they're struggling with the most is judgment from other parents. So really respecting the decisions that other families are making is, I think, really critical here. And then we would need to consider, well, what's actually going to be best for the child? If, if my child is one that, you know, um, may find it very difficult to stay in their desk and um, and practice social distancing and, and that would be challenging and stressful for them, then it could be that that does more harm than good. So um, we have to, you know, assess every situation um, as individually and, um, and keep at the forefront what is going to be most healthy for each child. And you mentioned this off the top, the change in, whether it's change in appetite, you've noticed irritability maybe, or things that you've changed. If it's little things like that that maybe don't seem like a huge deal, but then you're noticing them more and more. Again, like you said, exercise, fresh air, noticing that is a good thing. But but when when does it get to a point where somebody maybe needs to take it more seriously or really needs to do something else? That's such a great question. And when you are asking yourself that question, that usually means it's time to reach out for support. Um, when, you're, when you're wondering whether or not your mental health has um, gone over that threshold from, you know, the kind of normal discomfort under the circumstances to, you know, really impacting your life, then it's so critical that you that you reach out because mental health should not uh, ever be ignored and um, you know we can easily now um, book telehealth appointments and so even if you're unsure you can book a telehealth appointment to consult with your doctor um, and share what you're going through um, make a list of the symptoms that you're most concerned about and um, and lean into the supports that you have available to you. Uh, and do you anticipate two people will be will, will find it confusing that on the one hand, while we're ho- hopeful about the reopening and getting back to some form of normal, that that will also bring with it new stresses and new sources of anxiety? Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is a time with so many different emotions. It can be like a roller coaster. On the one hand, there's some, you know, joy and anticipation of um, getting back to school and children will be, you know, happy to see friends. But um, but with the big adjustments at hand and, you know, navigating all of the rules around it, um, that's, um, that's an inordinate stressor. And anytime we go through a significant change in our life, um, that creates stress. And anytime we go through a change, um, it has the potential of wearing down um, those neurochemicals within our, our mind-body system um, related to our mental health. And in this case, we're seeing a lot of people with low serotonin. And for, um, for women, that means an increase in anxiety. For men, it means an increase in irritability. So important to watch for that. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about this today. 
Yeah, take care. You too. That is Michelle Cambolis, a registered child and family therapist, also parent educator and a registered clinical counselor. And uh, she is dedicated to raising awareness again about mental health.